by telling a story. So, um, so there was this woman who, she was in need, and, um, and I went round to her house with some shopping. To, she was struggling financially, so I took some shopping round to her house. And I knocked on the door, and while I knocked on the door, there was this, like, dog just jump. I could tell it was a dog or obviously some big animal or something, jumping up at the door. And, and so, and I just thought, oh, I'll just wait for a moment. And, um, and someone else opened the door. It wasn't the person that I'd, I was thinking that I was going to see. It was somebody else that opened the door. And um, I said, oh, I brought some shopping for um, Rachel. And she goes, oh, it's my daughter. Um, and I said, oh, okay, is she in? She's not in. So I said, oh, okay, well, I'll leave the shopping here. And she took the shopping in, and I started driving off. And while I was driving off in the car, I just felt this prompting, which I know was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you need to go back there and tell that woman that, she's, that there is hope. And I was thinking, oh, God, really? I've driven away. I've turned. It's like, do you not think it's going to be a bit weird now? I mean, going back there and knocking on the door and saying, hi, um, whatever. You know, God, you know, God says that there's hope. And I mean, I don't even know if she's a Christian. I didn't know anything about her. She was this strange woman that was in this house. And, and I was driving, and I was thinking, oh, no, God, please, do I have to? And, and I was just thinking, oh, well, I'm a bit far now. Maybe I should just leave it. And I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, no, just go back. Turn the car around and go back. So I thought, well, I think about this anymore. Turned the car around, went back, knocked on the door. And again, I could hear the dog sort of jumping up at the door like this. And, um, and so I waited. And, and while I was waiting, I was in my mind thinking of all the brilliant ways I could say the reason why I've come back. You know what you do, when you, you know that thing when you're doing your head, you're like, oh, I could say this, I could say that, you know, it'll say, I'll say it like this. But there was nothing in my head that made it sound really good. It all sounded really weird and strange. And so I was thinking, oh, no, what am I going to say? So she opens the door, and I said to her, um, I'm a Christian, and Christians believe that God speaks to them. And while I was driving away, I really felt that God was saying to me that you need to hear um, that there is hope. And so she looked at me and she invited me in and we sat down and she just burst into tears. And we just talked and, um, and she was just telling me how um, a bit of her life story. And she was saying how... Um, how she, she um, last night she was homeless, the night before she was homeless, and the reason why she was there is because she had nowhere to go, she had to come to her daughter's house, and she felt like bad putting herself onto her daughter, because she, she was homeless, she was struggling, and she didn't know what else to do. She can't find a job, no one will give her a job because she's hard of hearing. I had no idea, she couldn't hear a word I was saying. She was a brilliant lip reader, she saw everything that I said to her, and um, she said, no one will give me a job. I've um, got nowhere to live. It's just, and this morning I woke up and I just said to God, God, um, I need hope. I need hope, God. And she's not Christian, but that was her prayer that morning. And she goes on to tell me that because of her hard of hearing, that um, she'd normally, like, um, 
she shouldn't sleep very well at night, so she wakes up really, really late. So it's unusual for her to wake up at the time that she did and come downstairs. And it was only because she was coming downstairs and she saw the dog jumping up at the door that she realized there must be somebody at the door. So she didn't hear the doorbell, she didn't hear the dog, she just saw the dog jumping up. So she opened the door and there I was with the shopping. And then when I came back, she said she just put the shopping away. She was just about to go upstairs when she saw the dog jumping at the door again. And it was me at the door again. If I had left it, moments later, she'd have already been upstairs and completely missed that I was there at the door. And I would never have been able to give her this message of hope. So we talked together, we prayed together, I prayed for her, I gave her the gospel message, I told her about the love of Jesus and the hope that we have in Jesus, what this hope was about. This, when she prayed and asked God for hope, I explained what this hope was that God could offer to her. And she received Jesus Christ then, and she, and she came along to church it was, it, after about a few couple of weeks, I think it was, she, she managed to find herself um, a place to live, and she got a job. And this was her testimony. She received Jesus. Her life was completely turned around. So this is a really powerful story. So I went around there, took some shopping, and shopping is like, it's great, isn't it? When you, when you know someone is struggling financially and you want to bless them and encourage them, and we know all these really great things, all these acts of kindness are wonderful, and, and they do last in their memory for some time. I think, yes, I remember when people are kind to me, and I remember them, and it's like, you know, when I can think back of all the times that the powerful moments when people are kind. But there's something about the gospel message that goes on for eternity. There's something about the gospel message that doesn't just make you feel good or think, oh, there are people really kind in this world. It makes you realize that actually there is a hope and a future. The gospel message is powerful, powerful to save. Um, I want to just start by reading this passage in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 17. So it's quite a few verses. It will be on the slide there, so you can follow along or look in your Bible. 1 Peter 3, from verse 8. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to you... Because to, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from dece deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your heart, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, 
Keep a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. So Peter here is talking about how we as followers of Christ should conduct ourselves, displaying love and compassion and unity. Even in the face of um, adversity, how we can, it's important to still be loving and kind and gracious and compassionate. We live according to God's will when we live like this. And Peter says that we actually reflect something of Jesus Christ by the way that we live. When we live this way, we reveal something of Christ, which is amazing, really, considering that so many in this world don't actually know who Christ is. So by us, like, acting and behaving in a way that reveals the character of Christ by being gracious and compassionate and loving and kind, they're experiencing something of God's character, of Jesus' character. So it might not be that they know, well, what is this? I don't, they might not even understand that what they're seeing is Jesus' character, but there's something about what they're seeing in you that um, is different. And I don't know if you've found this, but just like, sometimes people can ask questions, can't they? So when we live our lives right, when we make choices that are, are integral, that we, we decide we don't want to do this because everyone else is doing it, we do it different, people notice that. And people will ask questions. They'll say, well, why did you do that? What is that about? And that is so amazing that our, our behavior can actually cause people to come to us and ask us questions. And what Peter is saying here is that it's really important to be ready, to be prepared, to give an answer for people when they ask us, why do we do the things that we do? Be prepared to answer those questions. Our whole life is missional when we live our lives in the will of God. And so people will ask us, our lives is displaying something. So it is important then that we are prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks us. Prepared to give the reason for the hope that we have. We have to prepare to give a reason to why we live the way we do. And when we give our reasoning, we do this with gentleness and respect and with a clear conscience. That is really, really important, so important, that when we do witness, when we do talk about the gospel, that we do it with sensitivity, with care, with love, with respect and gentleness. I want to read something from um, Romans 10, verse 9 to 15. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you will believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Praise God. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? 
And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So in the passage in Peter that we, I read before this passage was telling, encouraging us to live our lives right. Let our lives be a, a witness of, of God's character, of who God is, of his love and his compassion and his grace. And he's also encouraging us to be prepared to, 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 um, to say, to explain why is it that we believe that we believe, to explain why we have the hope that we have. Then in this passage, Paul writes to Romans telling them that it is not only important to believe with our hearts, but it's important also to confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. Belief and confession is both important. Then Paul continues in this passage by asking, how can anyone be saved if they've never heard who Jesus is? How can anyone know about Jesus unless somebody tells them? And this is our job. This is what we are supposed to be doing. This is the, we're the ones that are sent. We're the ones that are sent to preach and tell people who Jesus is. How is anyone in your workplace going to know about Jesus unless someone tells them? How is anyone in your street and your family going to know about Jesus, about the one that can save them unless Someone tells them, you know how beautiful it is, the feet who bring the gospel, the good news. I just want to read that bit again from verse 14. How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? Just, you know, we've been singing this morning about the goodness of God, about his faithfulness. How when we sing, worthy, worthy are you, God, how he comes and meets us in a time of need. That he drives away fear, his presence is with us, and he drives away fear. You know, we have got something really precious. We can call on God and he rescues us. We can call on God and he gives us his presence and his peace. And we can, no matter what the circumstances are that we are going through, we can call on his name and we know that he's right here with us. And he's helping us and strengthening us. We've heard testimonies of healing. How can we know to pray to a God who heals unless we know about the God who heals? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Christine's life changed when she knew Jesus. And she was able to call on him to help her. Her life situations, her circumstances changed in a few weeks. But the biggest thing for her, if her circumstances had never changed, if her circumstances were still the same, she had come to know a God into who she had an eternal hope in. She knew that she now have, has an eternal promise upon her life, that she can go and be, have a, be with God for all of eternity in his presence where there is no more crying. There is no more pain. There is no more weeping. And this is our eternal hope, whatever the circumstances are right now. 
You know, fear does hold us back so much to tell people about Jesus. Um, but we do need a lot of courage to do that. I needed courage to go and to turn the car around and to go and talk to Christine. I needed courage to do that. Fear could have stopped me from doing that. I could have really, really talked myself out of it and really justified why I'd done that. Now, I bet there's so many reasons in this room. I bet we could all think of something that we're afraid of, of why we don't want to talk about Jesus sometimes, that in the situations it can be difficult. You know, maybe, maybe it's not fear, maybe it's wisdom. I mean, I think for some of us it could be wisdom. And maybe we shouldn't be telling people about Jesus with, in an inappropriate way because of power dynamics or our job or whatever. So we do need wisdom. But where it's fear that's holding us back, we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us and give us confidence. He will give us confidence. He will help us. He will be with us. You know, some of the things that we can be afraid of is being rejected, being ridiculed, being shouted at. You know, I have had all of those things happen to me when I've told people about Jesus. And the worst thing was when someone shouted at me. That was really, really freaky. But that's only ever happened once. Do you know the most thing that when we tell people about Jesus and we speak to them with respect and we speak to them with kindness, that actually people respond with respect and kindness back to us, even if they don't want to hear it. They might, might listen out of politeness or and might say, actually, no, I'm not really interested. But generally, people are really nice. And if they don't want to hear it, they'll just say they don't want to hear it. That's my, most, that's my most experience, really. If people are going to put their faith in Jesus, they need to believe and to confess. But how will anyone believe and confess if they don't know? How can anyone know there is hope unless someone tells them about him? I really want to say that it is... I want to really say something that's really challenging right now. This is a challenge for you, okay? I'm going to challenge you all. So I don't want you all to be offended and get up and walk out because I'm challenging you. <laughs> this is a challenge. You know, we ought not to use the excuse, well, I don't know what to say. If an opportunity comes up that we just don't do it because I don't know what to say, we really cannot use that as an excuse. Whatever excuse you might come up with to, to proclaim the gospel, it's not a real excuse. That's just fear. That is just fear. Not only do you have the spirit of the living God living inside you, but you have the word of God. You have the Bible that will help you tell you about who Jesus is, about the gospel message, about his teachings. And we can read all of that, and it helps us to proclaim the gospel. We do need to be prepared. We need to make it a priority in our lives to be prepared to give answers about our faith. You are sent by God into this world on a mission to go and make disciples. Can you imagine going into college without your tools or work without your tools? Can you imagine going into an exam without actually preparing for it first or having the right equipment? Can you imagine like going on holiday without actually preparing? You probably wouldn't even be able to get a holiday unless you prepared for it in some way. 
Can you imagine, like, even inviting people around for food and not preparing a meal for them or even having food that you can prepare for them? We prepare all the time for the things that are important to us, for the things that, that mean something to us. We will prepare for it. So why we would, would we not prepare ourselves to be able to articulate this wonderful, beautiful, powerful message of God that brings life and freedom and forgiveness and wholeness? We are to obey the commission, the great commission that Jesus gave his followers to go and make disciples of all nations. This command applies to all of us. So being ready to share the gospel is part of our fulfillment of fulfilling the great commission on our lives. By being prepared, we actively get to participate in his mission to reconcile the world to himself. Isn't that beautiful? That we can prepare in such a way that we partner with our heavenly father to reconcile the world to himself. By preparing ourselves, we can better love others. Sharing the gospel is an expression of love because it offers hope of an eternal life and forgiveness of sins. It's an opportunity for them to have a restored life and relationship with Jesus. This is how we can love people. Our words can bring hope, healing, and eternal significance to those who are lost or searching for meaning in life. As we prepare to share the gospel, it helps us to deepen our own understanding and knowledge of Jesus. As we study the Word, the Bible, we get to have a deeper relationship with Jesus and we can grow in our faith. The Bible tells us that we are to live life that honors our Heavenly Father. And more than that, when an opportunity comes our way, we must be able to articulate and explain the gospel to others by sharing the hope that we have in Christ. So the gospel message, the good news that that we are to share is about Jesus It's about Jesus' birth, life, his teachings, his death and resurrection, his relationship with the Father and and the power of the Holy Spirit, how he was able to do all of that and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the gospel message, it begins with God's love and plan. So I'm going to go through the gospel message now. It's, this, is, this is the wonderful gospel message that we all have come to know and love. But we need to be prepared to be able to talk about this, to be able to say it. Um, so the, the gospel message begins with a message of God's love and plan. How God, he created the whole of the world because he loved humanity. And he wanted to love humanity. But humanity, they rejected God. They turned from God. And so sin and corruption entered into this world. And it's been decaying ever since. And there's nothing that we could do about it. And because God loved the world so much, he didn't want us to perish. He didn't want the world to perish. So he sent Jesus into the world, his one and only son, 
And Jesus came into the world as a man. He took on human form. He was God with God. And he became man because he wanted to show us how, how we can find hope in him. And he lived this life without any sin, with no sin whatsoever. He loved, he did miracles, he did signs and wonders. He displayed the kingdom of God. He told people about the kingdom of God and the hope that we can now have. And because of the sin in this world, that he had to pay for that with his life so that we could be set free from that. So we can be set free from an eternal um, death because there was now death in this world and Jesus came to set us free from that. So he went and died on the cross. He gave his life up for us. Three days later, he rose from the grave, beating death. And this is part of the good news story because he has conquered all of death. The death and the corruption that came into this world because of sin, he beat that with his life and death and resurrection. And the story of the gospel is that if anyone believes in Jesus, puts their faith in him, believes that he is the son of God, that he came to this world to save us and set us free, and we put our faith in him, then he promises an eternity with him. Life in all its fullness. And he fills us with his Holy Spirit that gives us the power so that we can live this life in the way that God wants us to live. Now that is a message. That is the good news message. Being prepared to share the gospel is really, really important. These are something that Richard has wrote where who on earth is Jesus? And in here there is the gospel message. So that, what I've just said to you, is that is just like a, a snippet of the gospel message you could just say in like less than five minutes. And here it is again, and you can take one of these if you want. They're not to give out, but you can sit down with somebody and say, I want to go through the gospel message with you. If someone says to you, well, what is this gospel message? You could go through it with them in that if you wanted. So it's good to be prepared. Being able to share the impact of the gospel message on your own life is really, really powerful as well. You know, it can also open up opportunity to, to give the gospel message when you talk about, well, what, what impact has it had on your life to, to know Jesus? How has it affected you? What, what difference has it made in your life? What was your life like before you knew Jesus? What is your life like now you know Jesus? What hope do you have for the future? It can take courage every time you step out. But we are not to hold back. We can trust that the gospel message is powerful to save. We can do our bit, we can share the gospel message, and we can allow the Holy Spirit to do what he does best. You know it's not us that saves people. You know it's not our clever arguments or persuasion that can save somebody or get someone to receive Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that's at work in their hearts. So all we have to do is be faithful. And if they don't accept it, they're not, it's, it's Jesus they're not accepting. It's not us. 
if they accept it, it's Jesus they accept it, they're accepting. And it's, and it's because of the work of the Holy Spirit that's at work in their lives. And that's why they accept it. And that's why it's so important for us to pray for people. Because we want the Holy Spirit to touch people and work in their lives. And maybe there's people even now that you're thinking of that you think, do you know what, Holy Spirit, I would love for you to work in their lives. I would love to be able to speak to them of your love and your grace. And I would love to tell them about your gospel. I would love for them to find you. You know, the Lord who loves us says this in Acts, Acts 13, 47. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light to the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. How will anyone hear unless we tell them? So be prepared. Be gentle. Be respectful. You know, we can, you know, build on relationships we can form mutual respect with love and grace. We don't have to dive in with the gospel straight away. We can just tell people um, who we are, get to know them, get to know them, listen well, use everyday languages, our everyday language, not like spiritual jargon like eschatology or <laughs> I don't know what other spiritual jargon is there justification, uh, just use everyday language. Be honest about your own experiences. You know, it's really powerful that, um, you know, we're really honest about our own experiences. You know, we can say, oh, I'm really struggling with life. I find life difficult. Um, maybe I'm sick or maybe I'm struggling with my finances. But the difference is, I have a hope and I can trust God. I pray about it. I feel at peace about it. I might be struggling, but I feel at peace because he's with me and I know he's with me. Do you know that's a really powerful testimony? And that's so much more powerful than saying there's absolutely nothing wrong with my life. I'm a Christian. Everything's perfect. People don't believe that. Be honest. Be honest about what's going on in your life and about who Jesus is to you. We can't do any of this without relying on the Holy Spirit. We so need the Holy Spirit. You all need the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit lives in you. And we need to be those that are sensitive to what the Holy Spirit says. You know, my prayer constantly, I, I probably don't ever not say this whenever I pray. Every time I pray, I'll say this. Lord, help me to be sensitive to your Spirit. Show me, Holy Spirit, what you are doing. Help me, Holy Spirit, to know what it is that you want me to do. And I always say that in some way, shape, or form when I'm praying. Because I know that, like, in this life is so much more exciting when we get to experience a Christine who breaks down in tears and says, only this morning I pray, God, I need hope. And you are knocking on my door and expressing hope. And I never knew that. I never heard that before. And I want to give my life to Jesus. And I want to know this hope for all of eternity. 
That is exciting. And I want the Holy Spirit to lead me into those situations constantly. I want the Holy Spirit to show me people who are crying out for him, and, but they don't even realize it. Maybe they're hopeless and they don't even know that they're hopeless. And I want the Holy Spirit to lead me to those places and say, say, Judith, you can tell this person of my love and grace. Maybe what they need right now is some kindness. Maybe what they need right now is friendship. Maybe what they need right now is someone to put their arm around them that will just understand and be with them. And maybe later on there will be an opportunity for me to to express the gospel message to them. But just allow the Holy Spirit to, to work in your own heart and lead you in that. So important. If people, some, you know, people, now I was saying before that people generally are quite polite and will listen out of politeness. We need to be sensitive when people are doing that and not keep going thinking, oh, yes, they're listening. But be sensitive. Maybe change the subject and, but work on, just work on deepening your friendship with them and your relationship with them because that is really important because that, that will give you a way in another time perhaps. You know, we don't want to push people away and make people feel like we're forcing something down their throat. But we need to be, we have such respect and kindness and graciousness when we talk to people about Jesus. Um, Rochelle, are you around? Can you just play? I just think, I'm just going to end now. And I just thought while Rochelle is um, playing on the keys, that... Maybe just close your eyes um, and just respond in your heart for a moment. Just take this moment just to respond in your heart. Let's just take this moment to ask the Holy Spirit to give you courage. Where might you need courage? What's been holding you back? Maybe the Holy Spirit is highlighting people to you right now, people that you can pray for, people in your life that don't have or don't know the message of hope. Just take a moment to pray for those right now. feel prepared to speak the gospel message the good news to share that with someone do you feel prepared right now if you don't feel prepared what what can you do to prepare yourself because the Holy Spirit will give you opportunities when you're prepared you do to be prepared to share the gospel
We have a powerful responsibility and privilege to continue the work of Jesus Christ, to bring hope and freedom, life and healing. This is an amazing responsibility each one of us has. And the gospel is powerful. Jesus says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, <laughs> I love this, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Father, I just want to just thank you that, that you make us part of your story. I thank you, Father, that you want to use us to proclaim your gospel message, to witness with our lives and the things that we do, but also to proclaim of your goodness and faithfulness of how you came and set us free and saved us and rescued us and how you poured out your Holy Spirit. Father, I just pray for every single person here right now. I pray that even now in their hearts as they're thinking and considering of how they can be prepared. And those of us who know the gospel well and know what it is, that you will open our hearts to just to be more sensitive to your spirit. I pray for opportunities where we've not had opportunities before. I pray for people that we've been praying for to, to just to hear your gospel, that we get the opportunity to speak to them. And I just pray for your blessing on each of us right now. Let your favor shine on us, Lord God. Let your face shine upon us, Lord God. That when people see us, they see you, Lord. And when they ask us what that is about, that we can tell them of your love and grace. Thank you for your power and authority that's on us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.